104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. That's right, it is time for Ned Talk. Time to chit-chat about what's going on in the world of the Kansas City Chiefs. I am Joe Weston. We call the show Ned Talk because it is named after our radio roustabout friend, Ned Brinnells. Ned, how are you on this fine Sunday morning? I have to tell you that I'm very impressed with your enunciation. Oh, really? Yeah, at 10 o'clock in the morning, sometimes chit-chat can be... <laughs> it's dangerous. That's a, that's a trap. That other voice that you're hearing is Josh Roberts. He's, Josh Roberts, he's our special guest, 10 minutes away guy who came yes. in to fill in for uh, John. We don't know what happened to John. John is in the ether and you drew me out of the cave. How are you doing? I'm doing great. We haven't seen or heard from you in a little while. Yeah. You've uh, taken a break from the show, but you're back today, and we're glad to have you back. It's good you to doing? be back. Yeah, good. It's good to see your smiling faces. But, but, but in all honesty now, this is not television, but he, he's back, but yet he's not back because this Josh uh, Roberts has 26 less pounds. Yeah, congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. Manual labor. <laughs> we'll do that <laughs> to you. do some of the ma- amazing some things manual for labor. You. It's been good. So let's talk about the Chiefs and the Patriots last week. Were you uh, a bit surprised by that game? First half, a pretty tight game. thought it would be a little bit more high scoring than it was, but I really didn't feel like Kansas City had great rhythm. And the Patriots probably had something to do with that, too. But uh, the New England team physically does not match up with Kansas City, and I'm not sure there's any other team in the NFL that does match up with them. Even the uh, vaunted Baltimore Ravens looked very vulnerable in their game a couple of weeks ago. But in this one with the Chiefs and the uh, Patriots, it was just the uh, the measure and the tempo of the game. And I really didn't feel like Kansas City had a great rhythm going for it. And neither did the Patriots. And I find a catalyst involved why both teams would be like that. And the reason is Monday night as opposed to Sunday afternoon when they were supposed to play. Complete disruption in your mental approach and your physical approach. It isn't a, a cognizant factor. In other words, it's not immediately available psychologically. But uh, in your, in the subconscious, anybody in athletics who's ever been involved in athletics, once there's a disruption, no matter how brief it might be, you're taken out of your rhythm. No, I agree with that. And, it, yeah, they, I agree. They, they didn't seem like the high-flying, you know, the Chiefs of old, but they, they seem like they're working their way into that. You know, they have moments of – of that brilliance, and and they're still, like you said, it's, it's hard for any team to match up with them, I, I think, too. But, yeah, that game was kind of sluggish at first from both sides. But, uh, you know, the Patriots are the Patriots. You never know. They, they're always going to be competitive. They're kind of an X factor this season because they don't have that core that they've had for so many years. But, uh, you know, I, I, the Chiefs are – the Chiefs look good. I have to think, in all honesty, that if Cam Newton had been the quarterback last week, you might have seen a different approach that Kansas City took because they, they played the game knowing fully well that Newton was not going to be the QB. Oh, yeah. And I think probably that had some kind of a relaxing effect on them, or just, just an overall effect on their team. Like, hey, they don't have their starters in there. We can coast a victory. If Newton had been in there, it would not have changed the result any. I think Kansas City's a better team, but it might have been – a, a different tempo and different rhythm to the game. True, true. Yeah, and, and that's probably part of what you know what you're saying about how it took them a while to get into their rhythm because their game plan would have changed totally 
once they knew that they didn't have to game plan against sure. him and there was a, the backup quarterback, so they had to suddenly say, okay, well, what are we going to do to stop this guy? Who is this guy? Where's the tape on him? So I agree with you completely. I mean, it felt like the Chiefs looked out of sync in that first quarter and first half, basically, because uh, exactly what you were saying, that they prepared to play on Sunday, and anytime you get yourself all mentally pushed in one direction to do something, and then there's that letdown, we're not going to do it, no matter what it is, football or or jury duty or whatever, when right. you're mentally up for it, and then somebody says, we're going to have to wait a day to do that, then... You know, it's, it's just imagine like if you've got a procedure with a doctor or something like that, it, you're not performing, but by the same token, you're it's that little bit of mental letdown. And you saw that with the Chiefs. And, and in the case of the Patriots, they knew fully well they didn't have their leader. There's Brian Hoyer is the quarterback. And sure, while he's practiced with the team and been a part of the team, he still is not the individual on whom you're, you're basing your success or whatever successes you're going to have. He's a backup. And the Patriots had to have that kind of an effect, plus all the publicity they were getting about the COVID, taking right. the separate planes and uh, just being out of schedule. It, it just really was that, not a good example. It had to weigh on everybody's mind going into that game, too. What are, you know, what are we actually facing? What are we getting ourselves into? Right. Um, whether you want to think about it or not. And uh, I, I was going to ask you, Ned, what your thoughts, because Patrick Mahomes has not thrown an interception this season, but two times in that game, he came really, <laughs> should have had two interceptions in that game. It's just one of those things. Uh, he Somewhere along the line, he's going to throw a pick. He'll, he'll have to. It's just the nature of the game. I can't imagine him going the entire year without making some kind of an error. Yeah, he's a great star and all that, but he's also a human being. And uh, there are going to be circumstances in which a mistake is made somewhere along the line. Doubt very much that it is today because this is a, a completely different matchup from uh, anything the Chiefs have had. But we'll get into that in just a second. Guy's a good player. Come on, guys. He is, in my opinion, the MVP. It's not Lamar Jackson. It's Patrick Mahomes. Look at what he has done. I agree. I was going to ask you this, Josh. Uh, we This is sort of a broken record for us on the show. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs don't need 60 minutes to win a football game, and they proved it again this last Sunday against, or Monday, against the Patriots that they, you know, they basically needed one quarter to win the game. Right. And they just look fantastic. You Have you ever seen a team like them, other the, than your Alabama Crimson Tide? Well, in the professional, in the NFL, the the last time that I feel like there was a team that could score so explosively was the greatest show on turf, Rams. Yep. You know, those guys could put up 35 points in a quarter if they wanted to. And I feel like the Chiefs have that ability. They've got big playability. They, they, they've got all the pieces in place that are doing really well. They're a good complementary unit to each other, it seems. Um yeah, it, it's crazy to think that they can they can be behind by two touchdowns and end up winning by three in a quarter, you know. But it's exciting. I mean, that's very exciting football. But, Josh, the team you bring up, the greatest team on turf, the St. Louis Rams of the late 1990s and early 2000s, did lose games. It's true. They were not unbeatable. They had some, some fallacies with the ball club. It wasn't on offense. They could certainly do a lot of things. And it was a team that was built, really designed to play in the indoor circumstances that right. they were in. Kind of like the St. Louis Cardinals of the early 19 and mid-1980s, uh, teams that Whitey Herzog built that were 
singles and doubles hitters and mm-hmm. stolen bases and sacrifices and the, or, or whitey ball. It, was, go- oh, it yeah. was built for artificial surfaces like they played on, and they made it work. Well, the Chiefs are in kind of a different, uh, uh, altogether different circumstance because they can do it on any surface. It's just a really <laughs> well-balanced team. Uh, are they the team that's going to go undefeated? I, I match them up with the Green Bay Packers of the 1960s who were power, straight uh-huh. power. on the, Yeah, you had Bart Starr, a quarterback, and he could pick you apart as he did the Chiefs in the 67 Super Bowl. But over and above that, they just rammed that ball constantly. Kansas City does not do that on a consistent basis. They are more of a uh, wide-open attack, more of a, a combination passing and running. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire has gotten a lot of good publicity about what he can do as a runner. Well, that's because the offense has been opened up. Oh, uh, yeah. You give him the ball on a consistent basis, like the Packers used to do with Jim Taylor and people like that and Paul Horning. Uh, I don't think he would be quite as effective. That's not his game. But that's also not what he's being called on to do with the Chiefs. True. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. It's your pregame, pregame show. The Chiefs pregame starts in about 45 minutes, hosted by our very own Art Haynes and Mitch Holtis. And it's time to talk about our Who's Hot in the NFL, brought to you by All Service Air Service. And, Ned, of course, we talk about the Chiefs a lot, that being a hot team in the NFL, but a uh, Chiefs rival is uh, off to a really good start, and that would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're off to a 4-0 start. So that's my pick for who's hot in the NFL. Until today. Until today. Who they, they, They're playing the Eagles they today. They're playing the green and white today. The Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles. Who's, who's your hot in the NFL? Player the, or team? The team is the Buffalo Bills. Yep. I think they have played mm. extraordinary uh, football. They are a very good football team. The kid from Wyoming who's quarterback now, Josh Allen, is really, really a, 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 an accomplished for just a kid athlete and has opened up that attack. That's why the uh, Thursday night game, in a sense, it's good for both teams because I'm not a big fan of Thursday night football games. There is one day in the en- entire NFL season when you have a Thursday game, and that is Thanksgiving. Yeah. That's when you have Detroit yeah. Lions, Dallas Cowboys always playing. And then the third one that NBC has added in there as part of their contract. Okay, that's that's fine. But every Thursday? No. Uh, I was not a big fan of this game being played on Thursday, the Chiefs and the Bills, and it will not be. Uh, it's going to be moved to next Sunday. That's when they're going to play the game. Why are they moving it? Because if they had played well, first of all, the contract doesn't allow it. The Bills are playing on Tuesday night, playing the Tennessee Titans on Tuesday night. You can't have a team, I don't care who they are, junior high school or what, turn around in 48 hours and play another game. That just does not work. Nope. So this one is being moved to Sunday, and I do think that's good for both teams because it's going to give us a fairer matchup of uh, how how these ball clubs really are as opposed to just a short week on rest. Yeah. Josh, who's your hot in the NFL? I'm going to say the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, they played some I good mean, football. Wow, they're they're undefeated. They've had this. They're scoring tons of points. Apparently, uh, Aaron Rodgers has had this resurgence. They're clicking on all cylinders. They they look like a good football team right now. Yeah, a lot of a lot of unde- well, a few undefeated teams in the NFL. As we reach the quarter point of the season, it's hard to believe that we're already at the quarter point of the season. I'm Joe Weston, joined by Ned Reynolds and Josh Roberts. We are talking football as we get set for the pregame show that's happening in about 40 minutes. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. 
part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Things still flowing and moving. Things still flowing and moving in college football as we check out what's brewing in college football. Brought to you by Arctic Food Equipment. Ned, what's going on? Tell us about what's happening. Well, we have seen seen the COVID virus also affect college football with some postponements as well. But really, in, in, in the context of all the teams that are playing in the Big Ten will be starting in a couple of weeks, as will the Pac-12. Uh, things have been relatively smooth. I was uh, <laughs> very surprised at some of the games yesterday. Alabama was a big pick over Ole Miss in Oxford, and Alabama did win. They did win the contest, but oh yeah, that, my goodness, it ooh. was 63-48, to 48, and that's regulation time. Uh, Ole Miss was able to score quite, uh, quite easily on them. The team that impresses me as being the, the real stalwart, as of now with... Uh, again, a number of the teams not playing, especially Ohio State, is Clemson. And Clemson uh, dismantled a pretty good Miami team last night, 42-17. That's a very impressive win. Now, Notre Dame is also playing well. Uh, the Irish took on Florida State. This is not the Florida State of your dad's and granddad's era. It is a much watered-down football team that is not playing very well, and yet they scored 26 on the Irish. 42-26, to Notre Dame won the game. I... I always feel like Notre Dame is overrated. They're not as good as their rank any year, and they never live up to it, especially they're, lately. They're going to get a chance to really prove that one way or the other in, I think it's two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. In fact, I, think, I know it is. It's October the 26th or 27th, whatever that Saturday is, it, at Notre Dame. Now, they're playing. Notre Dame is playing an all-ACC schedule. Right. And you know who's in the ACC, don't you? Clemson. And that's who Notre Dame will host. They would have anyway. That's not a game because they were forced to. They, Clemson was on the schedule anyhow. But that'll be at Notre Dame. You remember the old Notre Dame games of the past when uh, with convicts against the Catholics or something like that when <laughs> yeah. Miami came in there? Right. Notre Dame won that one. And I remember a great Florida State team under Bobby Bowden and with these great athletes playing for them back in the early 90s, went in there in Notre Dame, and the Irish beat them too. So I wonder here, Notre Dame and Clemson in two weeks, on paper, doesn't match up, but right. it's not on paper. <laughs> well, they don't. Notre Dame doesn't have Lou Holtz anymore, so that's why they're not winning. <laughs> <laughs> so how's your Alabama Crimson Tide doing? Are you worried after this last week's performance? I, the, the thing that worries me about Alabama this year is they're, like Ned was just saying, they're, they're not playing defense. I mean, they, they scored 62 points or 63 points, whatever, but they gave up almost 50 they've got to stop that so they're still undefeated and and they're they're only playing an sec schedule this year so every game is tougher than it could be but they do have two significant games in the sec well they're all significant yeah but two significant ones florida and then georgia and i think the alabama georgia game is coming up here in the next couple weeks i think you're right yeah so it's gonna be tough i mean the, the the sec looks really good this year i mean georgia looks really solid uh Mississippi State is look, uh, Texas A and M is looking good. They beat Florida. They yesterday. beat Florida yesterday. And how about how about the reigning national champions going yeah. up to Columbia and losing to Missouri? Ned, I heard your I heard your uh, spot your sports spot on Friday. I think where you were talking about that game and how MU was a sixteen point underdog. 
I think, I think what, they were more than that. Maybe it was more than that. But right, regardless. And and uh, I remember you saying, but anything could happen. And I think you were the magic touch for MU this weekend. No, I'll tell you what the magic <laughs> touch is. The magic touch is that LSU is very, very overrated. Now, they're the team. I don't think this can be held as, as a catalyst to their somewhat uh, early downfall. But, you know, they had a lot of COVID outbreaks. A they lot did. of them. I think they had 28 or something like this. And that doesn't mean they were all seriously ill. Most of them were not. And most of them have returned. But I think with this particular virus, it's taking a while to recover your full strength, even with kids, even with the yeah. significant, powerful athletes. But having said that, the LSU team, when they lost to Mississippi State, everyone thought it was a fluke, including moi. Mm-hmm. All right, you can do that. It's early first game and all that. Came back and smoked Vanderbilt. Which Everybody they should. apparently is going to smoke Vanderbilt. Uh, they got beat by a mediocre South Carolina team yesterday, 41-7, and that's who Missouri plays next week, Vanderbilt, up in uh, up in Columbia. Okay. And what do you know about this? How about this for scheduling? It happens to be their homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. Good what for them. What a huge surprise. Good for them. <laughs> but uh, the uh, that game... Uh, that game was uh, significant because I think that LSU is going to have real problems. Ed Orgeron is a good coach. He's recruited well, but uh, you don't have a national championship team and lose what they did and then have a COVID right. epidemic going on, that's, and it's not going to affect your team anymore. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. They lost – they had a, like 13 or 14 players go in the draft, right? I mean – How about a fellow named Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Yeah. Who is playing today for the Chiefs. Yeah. What's going on in the world of our Missouri State Bears? They play next Saturday night. By next Saturday night, I mean Saturday night this week. And that will be their last game. They won't play until February 20th because the Missouri Valley Conference is playing a spring schedule. The Bears, for the second time this year, are playing the Bears. They're going to play Central Arkansas, University of Central Arkansas. I did not see the final score, but Central Arkansas played Arkansas State in Jonesboro last night believe it was raining, but over and above that, the last score that I saw was 42-13 to 13 Arkansas State, which is a D1, a D1A team that beat K-State earlier this year, uh, and they had the lead, as you would expect, over Central Arkansas. But having said all that, Central Arkansas went up to Fargo last week to play North Dakota State, the eight-time Division I-AA national champions, and played had, had the lead in the fourth period, lost the game by 11 but most teams that go to Fargo are going to lose. Having said all that, I think the Bears have a great chance, the Missouri State Bears have a great chance to win next Saturday night. They had this team beaten a couple of weeks ago down in Conway. They had them on the ropes, had the lead, wonderful chance, could not hold it. Some breaks went against them. A picked-up fumble return for a touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown, you know, that's that's not part of the driving of a team. That, right. They're, they're the breaks that could go either way, and it didn't. I, I see the Missouri State Bears a much better football program now under Petrino than they have been, and I'm not denigrating anybody else, but they are they're going to be good. Good. We are about 30 minutes away from the start of the pregame show with the Chiefs, hosted by Art Haynes and Mitch Holtis. We're doing Ned Talk right now on 104.7 The Cave. You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave, part of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. 
back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Let's get you caught up on the injury report, which is brought to you by Morrison, Webster, and Carlton. There's nothing on the Chiefs injury report, which is good news, very good news. And then as far as the Raiders go, Henry Ruggs III is questionable. He hopes to play today against the Chiefs. So looking at two very healthy teams going into today's game. Ned, what do you expect to see from the Chiefs and the Raiders today? A not very good game. I know that's not the way to hype something like that. Of course, the game is right here, the broadcast. But the fact of the matter remains that the Raiders do not match up with Kansas City very well. And here's where the difference is. Los, oh, I call them Los. Uh oh, uh oh. Las Vegas is uh, two and two in the year, and were very impressive in their win over the New Orleans Saints. But they they have backtracked a little bit and. They haven't really displayed. For instance, last week they played the Buffalo Bills, and Buffalo took them apart pretty well. Yeah, I just didn't feel like the Raiders played a motivated type of game. Of course, there were no fans in the stands. That has a lot to do with it, folks, regardless of what you might think. All right, having said that, the Las Vegas defensive backfield is poor. They can't keep up with these Chiefs receivers. So what the Raiders are going to try to do is put a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Okay, They may be able to do that, but this is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. He responds pretty well to pressure. In fact, he says, bring it on. He can pick him apart. The Raiders do have a fairly good offensive attack. Derek Carr, I don't believe, I'll have to go back and check the mark, I don't believe he's thrown a pick yet this season. He has thrown a little bit differently from what he's – it's a lot of down and under passes as opposed to the bomb. But as Joe just pointed out, Henry Ruggs will be back today. Henry Ruggs may be, Tyreek Hill notwithstanding, may be the fastest player in the NFL. Alabama kid who can really motor, but he's had hamstring and knee problems. Mm. Nonetheless, Ruggs is a great receiver. He does open up their attack. Josh Jacobs has done a terrific job of running for the Raiders this year. But again, you're up against a Kansas City defense that's really coming on and playing very stingy. I look for I look for a close game maybe for the first quarter, but after that I think Kansas City will take them apart. Josh, what are your thoughts on today's game? Well, I agree with that. I think the only possible X factor there is if if the Chiefs come out a little sluggish or something and but yeah, I think that they they are on paper. They should beat the the Raiders handily. I mean, by multiple touchdowns. Uh, it, it's inter- it'll be interesting to see if they come out and hit them hard and score a bunch of points in the first half, and then uh, take it easy on, on them in the second half, or if it's vice versa where it's close in the first half and then they turn it on in the in the second half. But yeah, I mean, barring any strange things happening, I I think uh, the Chiefs should handily take care of the Raiders. The Raiders, at the beginning of the season, they went 2-0. They beat the Saints, which put a lot of people on notice and said, hey, this may not be your Raiders of old, but in the last two weeks, they played like your Raiders of old. And, and the other, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the other one was on the Carolina Panthers, who are yeah. not uh, not all that strong a football team. So that's a tiny little bit misleading, although the I like New Orleans. I think they're a yeah. good ball club. The Raiders are capable. It's, it's a matter of them not having the the true component parts to be a consistent threat. A- any team can win on any day. And Las Vegas is any team. They could win. Who knows? But they won't. Uh, they just don't have that. <laughs> they just don't have what they need. Now, 
I do think they are a playoff team. Uh, they're going to oh, win their okay. games down here somewhere along the line. They're 2-2. Two and two. They have skilled players on their ball club. Gruden is a, a good coach, like him or not. But you have to look in this particular matchup at the records. The, the Chiefs have not lost to this team in four years. They are, they've won, I think it's 12 of the last 14 games, dating back to uh, 2017, the last time the Raiders won. And here I did a little math, and for me, that says something, because math <laughs> and Ned Reynolds are not synonymous. Uh, the, in, since 2017, the last time the Raiders won, the Chiefs have outscored this team 168 to 68 by wow. 100 points. Hundred points. Yeah, over that may all be, those years. That may be the score of today's game. <laughs> no, I don't think. No, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be quite as high scoring. I thought last week's would be, but yeah. No, I think Kansas City just takes care of business in this one because they know they have the Buffalo Bills next week. Yeah. Let's check out our fantasy pick of the week from Fazoli's, and uh, usually we have John do this, but Josh is going to do it for us today. Tell us who he thinks you should add to your fantasy football team. Well, I'm being kind of an Alabama homer here, but I think Calvin Ridley is poised to have a pretty awesome game today because the Falcons are going to have to throw the ball a lot. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I think he's a good pick. And then my other one is Cooper Cup because the Rams are going to destroy – who are they playing? I can't Washington. remember. Yeah, they're going to destroy Washington. Destroy them. And so he's going to get a lot of opportunities to catch passes, too. In my opinion, in fantasy sports, your receivers are going to – I mean, besides your quarterback. I mean, quarterbacks are kind of a given. They get you the most points in most of these fantasy leagues. But I think receivers have the potential to get you the most points on a weekly basis. Because one big reception, they get several points. If it's a touchdown, they get all the points for that. Whereas you got to kind of grind it out with your running backs. So it's kind of a cumulative effect with them. So that's why I picked two receivers today. That's pretty good. Let's do something that um, may not be popular with Chiefs fans, and let's talk about chinks in the armor at this point of the season. I really thought looking at the beginning of the year, this beginning stretch was going to be really tough on the Chiefs. And so far, it hasn't been. I think for me, my big concern is Harrison Butker because he's not been automatic. What do you see, Ned? What do you what do you feel like the Chiefs need to be concerned about going forward? We can't have there is no such thing as being automatic. They are human beings, but Butker, uh, what sticks out in my mind is game against the Chargers out in uh, Los Angeles when he kicked the three field goals. Two of them didn't count because of timeouts and things like that. One was a penalty? Yeah, one was a penalty and the yep. other was a timeout. And he kicks the third one in the clutch from 58 yards out. That's a transcontinental shot. Uh, no, I don't think he's their problem. I think, really, Kansas City's biggest concern is internally. They have to avoid the injury. This is the NFL where attrition is so much a part of what goes on. You have 16 games, guys, with Huge people, all, or not all, but mostly all Americas from their college days. That's why, that's why picking these NFL games is so difficult because these athletes are so capable of doing uh, any number of things. And they're all big, they're all strong, they're all fast, and they all know how to win. Now, some teams are put together better than others, and that's where the Kansas City Chiefs excel right now. But any team, any team is capable. That's why I think the Chiefs' biggest problem is an internal one, injuries, attitude, lots of things, and maybe some of the various social aspects of today's being. Let me ask you this question, Josh. Every year there's a team that 
at least for a portion of the season, people talk about as being, well, will they go undefeated? And that adds a really huge amount of pressure to oh, yeah. the team. Do you think it would be good if the Chiefs lost a game, maybe the Bills game, or even, you know, if they uh, had like a, just a total brain fart and lost today's game, do you think it would be good for them to maybe get that out of the way early in the season? I think it would take that piece of pressure off of them. I mean, they've got plenty of pressure on them anyway. They're the defending Super Bowl champions. They're expected to win again. They're firing on all cylinders, so everybody wants them to go undefeated. Um, I, you know, I think those. I think these guys handle the pressure pretty well. I think Pat Mahomes handles pressure better than Patrick. Patrick, excuse me. His mom wants you to call him Patrick. <laughs> excuse me. I think Patrick Mahomes handles the pressure better than most people his age especially. Um, <coughs> I'm twice me. as old as he is, and I, he handles the pressure better than uh, I Yeah, do. it's amazing. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think it would be cool to see them go undefeated. That's one record that is still kind of a, you know, an in up-in-the-air record. I mean, I know the Patriots went undefeated, but then they didn't win the Super Bowl, so I think the 72 Dolphins still have the claim for a completely undefeated season, and that's and it. They are still the only ones that break open the champagne yeah. that they win yeah. when the streak is broken. But hey, this I know this is a very morbid thing to say, but gradually those guys are disappearing. Yeah, that's uh, true. Like they're headed up to the big end zone in the sky. Yeah. And uh, they, if anybody's going to break it and they're going to break open that champagne, it better happen quick. That's true. I think once they get to like week nine, week 10, the pressure is going to be really thick for them to stay undefeated that's when it might be best for them to lose a game to get that pressure off oh that you said josh that is so good what he just said there because it's very analytical on your part (coughs) and it's going to he is absolutely right 10 11 12 the further it goes you know who gets involved even more than they are now the media. Uh, it's time to have a drink. We're playing a drinking <laughs> game. Anytime Ned midgets the media, take a shot. <laughs> well, I'm for that any day. But I, and the case in point that I want to make is Roger Maris in 1961 yeah. when he hit the 61 home runs. Do you know what it did to him? Oh, he lost his hair. He didn't know how to address himself. Everybody was after him, story after story, and that can build up on you. It can build up on any team. Now, Mahomes, I don't think it affects him one bit. He's He's got ice in his, well, he's got ice water in his veins. But some of the others, that's not the case, especially with young players. And uh, if, if that were to continue, again, we're talking about the psychological oh, aspect. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think it makes a big, big difference. Let me ask both you guys this. Uh, start with you, Ned. Is the Chiefs look like they're having fun? Do you do you get that vibe from them when you watch them play? In some games, yes, uh-huh. I I do. Uh, I did not get it in the Chargers game when they played out of yeah. Los Angeles. They they looked like no, they didn't look like they were free and easy at all. But in the game against the Houston Texans, they did. I felt that like they were they played very good, fundamental, solid football. And in in the ensuing contest last week, last week I didn't get that feeling that they were having a lot of fun, and that's again because I thought they were out of rhythm just a yeah. little bit. I do, in all honesty, look for them to have fun today. Yeah, I I feel like overall, yeah, they they look like they're out there having fun. They're doing their victory lap 
but they're doing their victory lap and still winning. You know, a lot of teams that win a championship have that championship letdown the next year. I haven't seen that with the Chiefs. I think, if anything, the sluggishness we've seen and the and the clunkiness we've seen initially is because they didn't play any preseason. They didn't get any of the bugs ironed out in those preseason games, so they're getting them ironed out in these first you know, three or four games, and I think they're there. If I can bring up another show that I do, I had Sean Barber, the old uh, Kansas City linebacker, uh, who is now part of their organization, had him on the air with me, and I asked him about that. I said, do you now, you've been out of the game for a while, didn't have any preseason games this year. As an old player, how many do you, do you need any? Do you need any to play? And he said, yes, they need two. Mm. And that's where the max is, two. Because he said you have to have the players work themselves into their scheme. You have to give the young players, the free agents, a chance to show what they can do under competitive circumstances. You have to give everybody a chance that you can't get in scrimmages. Right. So, yeah, I think it'll go back to two exhibition games. The players aren't fond of this because they don't get paid for it. But it is their proving grounds. And like in college, for instance, we don't have any exhibition games in college. No, that's true. But you do have scrimmages. Yeah. And those you can have. And you also have the very heavy spring practices, which they didn't have this year. Let me ask you guys this real quickly, just a brief answer from both of you. Patrick Mahomes has had such a brilliant beginning to his career, such a positive beginning of his career. How would you like to be him that, like, every negative thing that he does, that gets brought up? First time that he's not thrown a touchdown pass in a half. When you, when you you know, you get those, they're negative, but they're positive. They're, uh-huh. they're kind of backhanded things. How would you like to be at that you know, point early on in your career like Joe, he is? I, I'll tell you how it would affect me. If I were Patrick Mahomes and uh, started reading negative press, Go home at night and look, hmm, $503 million is what I said. <laughs> what do you I don't think, give Josh? a damn what they well, say. Well, I, I, I honestly don't think it – I think most of those guys just – yeah, they just throw that in the trash and don't even worry about it. I mean, because the, so many statistics are created like that. Like, he hasn't thrown a – he didn't throw a touchdown pass in the first half for the first time in his career. Well, who cares? (laughs) Exactly. Well, at this point in his career, too, already to bring that up. And we all know Tony Romo hates him. (laughs) As we uh, head into the final break, we're about 11 minutes away from the pregame show. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Should be a beautiful day for football. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave a proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. In Kansas City as they take on the Las Vegas Raiders kickoff for that game a little bit after noon. Pre-game starts in under five minutes. I am Joe Weston with Ned Reynolds and Josh Roberts. Ned, real quick, Whitey Ford passed away. The thing that I love about this is that he watched the Yankees win So he went out on a win. He didn't live to see them lose the night afterwards. But talk about Whitey Ford for just a second. Tell you what resonated with me. Now, Whitey Ford was pitching when I was a kid, uh, just following the game as a grade school kid and learning about it. Whitey Ford was pitching for the Yankees. (laughs) He retired just before I came to work out here at KY3. That's how long his career spanned. He was a craftsman, an artist on the mound, a guy who didn't blow batters away. He just was so precise in what he did. And he broke, get this, guys, he broke the World Series consecutive scoreless inning record for pitching that had been held by 
George Herman Ruth, Babe Ruth. And that's why he's the greatest pitcher, greatest player of all time. That's exactly right. I thought Ford was the consummate, uh, consummate artist on the great Yankees teams. Just a phenomenal player. All right, our final segment for today is uh, Player of the Week, and it's brought to you by Mid-Missouri Bank. I am going to pick two of them today. It's it's a, the co-players of the week. It's going to be either, and not either or, be one and the other, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. And why I'm picking these obvious choices is because the Las Vegas past defense is very porous. I can see Mahomes having a big day early. If they go to Tyreek Hill and the Raiders are fortunate enough to have him covered, they're going to have to leave Kelsey free underneath. It's just kind of a double-edged sword. You're caught between that edge. So I look for those two to have a big day, and I look for the Chiefs to win it big. What is uh, your score for today's game? My score is going to be Kansas City 38, Raiders 20. Josh? Ooh, I'll say 42 to 10. I, I kind of agree with that. I, I think 42 to 17, I think maybe the Raiders score something uh, in slop time. Yeah, slop as, time. As that maybe the uh, Chiefs take the foot off the accelerator as they go down the road. So let's bring people up to date really quickly on what's happening. Again, Ned touched on it earlier. Ned, tell us about the schedule for this week because there's a lot that's happened. There's no Monday night game. No, no, there is a Monday night no, game. No, I thought that was canceled. Is, is, was that the... Uh, that was the second Monday night the second game. Second Monday they night were to, For the second straight week, they were to have had two Monday okay. night games. But no, there there is a regular Monday night game scheduled. But New England had postponed their game from today until tomorrow. But that game is now off. That's the New England-Denver game, and it has been moved to... Uh, sometime a little bit later on in October, maybe next Sunday, as a matter of fact. Uh, the Chiefs <laughs> the Chiefs right now are going to play the Buffalo Bills next Sunday. Now, there's a reason why I say right now. Tennessee and Buffalo play on Tuesday night in Nashville. If that game goes on, then the Chiefs play the Bills on Sunday. But if for some reason COVID rears its ugly head again in Nashville, and as it has with the Tennessee Titans, and the game is off, then the Chiefs play Thursday night. So it's a very fluid situation. However, I would say the odds are very strong that the game is next Sunday. All right. So now that that's all clear as mud, <laughs> thanks to Josh Roberts for uh, stepping in in a pinch for us. Good to see you back at the booth, hey, it's brother. It's good to be back. Thanks for having Love me. Love having you. Ned Reynolds, always a pleasure to sit next to you and uh, share a little bit of sports on a Sunday morning. We don't know when we'll be back. Could be Thursday, could be Sunday, but we will be back with another round of Ned Talk. I'd like to thank Mike the Intern, Corbin Campbell, Scott Meyer, Nick Fury, who's taking over next. We're just about at time for Mitch and Art to take over. They'll take you up to kickoff, which happens at noon right here at 1 and 4.7 The Cave. You're home for the Kansas City Chiefs. Seven The Cave, KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. Your home for the Kansas City Chiefs and Springfield's Pure.